Hey everyone, welcome to By Our Love Podcast. This is Charlton and Natasha. We are a large Christian family living abroad in East Africa, and we would like to invite you along on our journey of faith, hope, and love. On this podcast, we're going to be discussing our Christian walk, kingdom convictions, discipleship, and church planting, as well as international adoption, the ins and outs of daily life as a family of 12, and inviting on special guests that motivate and inspire us. We hope to be a source of encouragement and challenge the status quo. Thanks for joining us. Hey guys, welcome to episode number five of the podcast. In today's episode, Natasha is going to give you a little glimpse into some of our past as she gives a bit of her testimony and the way that God has been working in her heart and life as she reflects on some of the adventures that God has brought us in and through. So we hope that you will be um, encouraged in your faith journey by today's testimony. And before we get into the episode, I would like to read a quote from Aristides. This is from the year 125, and it gives us a little glimpse of his perspective of the Christians. The Christians, O king, went about and searched, and they have found the truth. As I have learned from their writings, they have come near to the truth and genuine knowledge of the rest of the nations, for they know and trust in God, the creator of heaven and of earth, and whom and from whom are all things. Therefore, they do not commit adultery or fornication. They do not bear false witness. They do not embezzle what is held in pledge, nor do they covet that which is not theirs. They honor father and mother and show kindness to those who are near to them. Whenever they are judges, they judge uprightly. They do not worship idols made in the likeness of man. Whatever they would not wish others to do to them, they do not do to others. They do not eat food that is consecrated to idols, for they are pure. They comfort their oppressors and make them their friends. They do good to their enemies. Their women, O king, are pure as virgins, and their daughters are modest. Their men keep themselves from every unlawful union and from all uncleanliness in the hope of a reward in the world to come. Furthermore, if any of them have male or female slaves or children out of love towards them, they persuade them to become Christians. When they have done so, they call them brothers without any distinction. They do not worship strange gods, and they go their way in all modesty and cheerfulness. Falsehood is not found among them, and they love one another. They do not turn away their care from widows, and they deliver the orphan from anyone who treats him harshly. He who has gives to him who has not, and this is done without boasting. When they see a stranger, they take him in. They rejoice over him as a very brother, for they do not call themselves brothers after the flesh, but brothers after the Spirit and in God. Whenever one of the poor among them passes from this world, 
Each of them gives heed to him according to his ability and carefully sees to his burial. And if they hear that one of their number is imprisoned or afflicted because of the name of their Christ, all of them carefully attend to his needs. If it is possible to redeem him, they set him free. If there are any poor and needy among them, they have no spare food to give, they fast two or three days in order to supply the necessary food to the needy. They follow the commandments of their Christ with much care, living justly, seriously, just as the Lord their God commanded them. Every morning and every hour, they give thanks and praise to God for his loving kindness to them. They give thanksgiving to him for their food and drink. If any righteous man among them passes from this world, they rejoice and offer thanks to God. They escort his body as if he were setting out from one place to go to another nearby. And when a child has been born to any of them, they give thanks to God. So today, I would like to talk about biblical womanhood, a holy and high calling. What is our holy calling? It certainly is nothing we can do in our own strength. I have no doubt that there are women listening to this today who are simply tired, have heavy hearts, discouragement, unfulfilled expectations. What does the Bible say about women after God's heart? Charlton and I were married about two years before we had our first child. Ava. She was an absolute gift, a precious and perfect gift from God. We were absolutely thrilled when we found out we were pregnant. And the first time I held her in my arms, I will never forget. But with that being said, As a new mother, I felt incredibly inadequate for the high calling of motherhood. And really, that's what it is, a high calling. Motherhood pulled on my emotions to the extreme. I remember crying many tears, having sleepless nights, desperately in need of God's comfort. When Ava got a little older, I had the opportunity to take part in an Easter pageant at the megachurch we were going to. It was a huge production. I was an angel with my best friend, and we had an absolute blast. We uh, came down from a hole in the ceiling, 80 feet in the air, at the beginning of the story and at the end. Every night for several weeks, we were kind of being hoisted up in harnesses and we would be standing up there in the dark with a black light on, just covered in glitter and big hair. And every night I heard the gospel according to Luke. So I'm going to read from Luke chapter 1 verses 26 to 38. Now, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth, 
to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph, of the descendants of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And coming in, he said to her, Hail, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at this statement and kept pondering what kind of salutation this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. And Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And for that reason, the holy offspring shall be called the Son of God. And behold, even your relative Elizabeth has also conceived a son in her old age. And she who was called barren, is now in her sixth month. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold the bondslave of the Lord. Be it done to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. That story is so incredible to me for many different reasons. But what really stood out during that time in my life was the fact that Mary was called the favored one. She found favor with God. That's just, it's unbelievable. Just think about it. Out of all the women in the world, she was the chosen one to carry the son of God. In that moment, I knew I wanted my father to find favor in me. I wanted to please him. My perspective completely changed. Behold the bond slave of the Lord. Be it done to me according to your word. What a testimony. What a life of complete surrender and obedience. That's the kind of woman who makes a difference. That's the kind of woman I knew I wanted to be. I was still a new mama. I still had feelings of inadequacy. But as I started to surrender to the Lordship of Christ in my life, I began to realize that I had not been drawing my strength from my hope in God. Instead, I had been measuring myself by what I saw in others, and that's others at their best, which is very easy to do, especially in this age of social media. Yet, I was judging myself by how I felt at my worst. Can that resonate with anyone? Instead of looking to the world, we should be setting our eyes on Christ, trusting in Him, hoping in Him, even when we face many struggles. Like Hebrews 12, verse 1 through 3 says, Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us also lay aside every encumbrance, and the sin which so easily entangles us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy 
set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and is sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who has endured such hostility by sinners against himself, so that you may not grow weary and lose heart. Sisters, let's not grow weary. Let's not lose heart. We can live poured out lives, not complaining, but simply trusting in the Lord. That should be our attitude. We may be weak and feel helpless at times, but in that weakness, God wants to show us his strength. So during this part of my journey, God really used 1 Peter chapter 3 to speak into my life, and it changed me in many ways. I'm going to read chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. In the same way, you wives be submissive to your own husbands, so that even if any of them are disobedient to the word, they may be won without a word by the behavior of their wives, as they observe your chaste and respectful behavior. And let not your adornment be external, braiding the hair and wearing gold jewelry or putting on dresses, but let it be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable quality of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is precious in the sight of God. Now I'm just going to stop there for a minute and talk about that word person. We are not just a body. We are a person. We are not just a body to be decorated and painted and put together, but the person on the inside, our heart, our gentle and quiet spirit, that is precious in the sight of God. And I absolutely love that. So moving on to chapter five, for in this way, in former times, the holy women also who hoped in God used to adorn themselves, being submissive to their own husbands. Thus Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, and you have become her children if you do what is right without being frightened by any fear. My purpose is not to get people to think or act the way I do. I simply want to point you to King Jesus and the truth of his kingdom. The Holy Spirit will lead us to truth if we are willing to listen and obey. So I'm going to ask a couple questions. What truth is the Holy Spirit leading you to today? And what is holding you back? As women, we are nurturers. Whether we have children or not, that is still our nature. There is no higher calling or holy calling than motherhood. And I don't just say that for mothers in the physical sense but also the spiritual sense. The world is desperate for women willing to step out in faith and share their love, care, and hope. Elizabeth Elliot said, We are women, and my plea is let me be a woman, holy through and through, asking for nothing but what God wants to give me, receiving with both hands and with all my heart, whatever that is. When we lived in Kenya five years ago, we lived in a very different setting than where we do now. We were in the village. 
and the closest town to us was called Katali. I remember before we moved to Kenya, we watched a documentary about street boys. And it turns out that documentary was filmed in Katali. There was a big problem. Many, many children were on the streets, sniffing glue, begging for food and money. And that was their life. When we would go to Katali and go to the grocery store, little boys would come right up to the door with their hand out and their glue bottle in their other hand, just getting high. And our hearts absolutely broke. We didn't like to give money out, but we gave food. We always tried to have some food with us that we could give to those boys. And they were numbing their pain. A lot of them grew up in very rough situations and getting high helped them to forget. It helped to numb their pain, numb their hunger. It gave them an escape. That situation was so heavy on us and some brothers in our church that one day we decided we wanted to just go out bring some food, and get to know some of the boys. So one of our Kenyan brothers brought a group of us to Katali one day. We had our food packed. We had our Bibles. We were ready to just get to know some kids and hopefully bless them. Well, we ended up in a pretty rough area of town. And we got out of the car And a big group of older street boys, really young men, surrounded us. These guys were pretty upset that our Kenyan brother took us there. They thought that we were paying him to show us the poor. That we were paying him to take us on some sort of tour which we certainly weren't. He tried to explain the situation to them, but things just escalated quickly and more people were coming and we were completely surrounded and a big fight broke out. And at that time, I was pregnant, very pregnant with Hadassah. And I just remember this sense of fear setting in that I really had not experienced in my adult life. I was genuinely fearful. And I just remember somebody saying, we've got to go now. And boy, I booked it to the car. I don't think I had waddled so fast in my pregnant state. I was ready to get out of there. But that fear, that's what stands out to me so much from that day. I remember being so upset and discouraged because those children were in desperate need. And we found out later that this group of guys really were exploiting these children. The children go and ask for money, and they bring that money back to these older kids, these young men, who in return offer them protection offer them a family, and 
that's kind of the job of these young ones is to beg for money and beg for food. And then they bring it back to the older guys. Well, through that experience, it taught me that I am certainly not qualified. But you know what? Christ is. We need to surrender our plans, disappointments, heavy hearts, and fear to God because he can truly make beauty out of ashes. Not too long after that experience, a ministry that we know in Kasumu, Kenya, where Hadassah was born, expanded and actually opened up a new location in Katali. And many children are being cared for and are being integrated back into their families through that ministry. And that is a testimony of God's sovereignty. And a woman in Christ knows that God is sovereign. Draw your strength from your hope in God. Not your husband or getting a husband or children or friends or circumstances. But from God, our hope should yield fearlessness. Just like the Apostle Peter talks about in verse 5 and 6, how the holy women also hoped in God, and that we will be children of Sarah if we do what is right without being frightened by any fear. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I pray that you are filled with hope and fearlessness as you serve our King Jesus. If you'd like to connect with us, we are on Instagram at podcast by our love, or you can email us at byourlovepodcast at gmail.com. Have a great week. <music>